It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, November 13th. I'm Donald Ware. We missed, obviously, Veterans Day on yesterday, so happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there and all of those. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service for protecting our rights and for keeping our country safe. Got a whole lot to get to. It's Takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And um, I tell you what, week 11 of the HBCU football season, interesting to say the least. We still have drama as it relates to the MEAC. All, uh, excuse me, the uh, Eastern Division of the SWAC is unsettled. We know that the Western Division of the SWAC is going to come down to the Bayou Classic between Grambling and Southern, not this Saturday, but of course on next Saturday. In the CIAA, congratulations to Bowie State, who won its first ever CIAA championship game. We'll talk more about that. But not only for the Bulldogs, they're going to host a first-round playoff game, as they did last year. This time they're going to be taking on West Alabama. And in the SIAC, congratulations to Miles in Miles's surprise victory over Albany State in the SIAC championship game, 50-23. to I got to be honest with you, I was surprised, not shocked, but surprised. If you look at this Miles program, they were participants in the very first year of the SIAC championship. Everybody thought that year would be Albany State and Tuskegee, but Miles surprised Tuskegee in that last game of the season in the Western Division championship, or what amounted to the Western Division championship and played Albany State. Albany State won the very first SIAC championship, but then uh, Miles won it in 2013, Miles won it in 2015, and Miles won it in 2018. So it seemed like almost every other year Miles was participating in the SIAC championship. And Reginald Ruffin, it was his first year in 2011, his eighth season now at Miles. He has done a phenomenal job at Miles. And by the way, we had him as a guest on the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. I don't know by the time this podcast airs if we would have had that show uploaded to our website, that uh, From the Press Box to Press Row podcast on our website. But look for it in the coming days. We're going to upload that show. It's a pretty good show, as a matter of fact. But Miles Head football coach and athletics director Reginald Ruffin was a part of that show. Had an, I mean, he, he really talked about, uh, you know, the passing of his wife almost a year ago. That, I mean, it's been very difficult uh, for him and his family. But he talked about that extensively on the weekend edition uh, from the Press Box to Press Row. And if we don't have that uploaded by the time you're listening to this podcast, then we'll get it uploaded in the next couple of days. Not going to run through the entire scoreboard, but going to highlight some of the football games. Um, one of the bigger football games, Bethune-Cookman defeated North Carolina Central 28-25. Uh, to 25. That game was an overtime game. It was nationally aired on ESPNU. It was a Thursday night game. And, I mean, I got to be honest with you. You know, I thought that North Carolina Central had that game pretty much wrapped up in the fourth quarter. They allowed, you know, a couple of questionable calls, uh, maybe something. Well, I don't want to say questionable calls, but some things they probably 
could have done differently that enabled Bethune-Cookman to stay around in that game and ultimately a game-winning field goal uh, propelled Bethune-Cookman in this football game. It it wasn't the prettiest. I mean, I got to be honest. It wasn't the prettiest football game to watch on television, uh, but it was a good win for Bethune-Cookman. And what happens now for the Wildcats, they remain in the hunt for the MEAC championship. Every week, going back, a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, to Florida A&M's victory over North Carolina A&T. Each week after that, a team, perhaps two teams, has been have been eliminated from contention in uh, for that MEAC championship. So you have four teams remaining. And you have Florida A&M that controls its own destiny. We'll talk more about Florida A&M and their results from week 11 of the HBCU football season. But they control um, their own destiny uh, in terms of the MEAC championship. Bottom line is if the Rattlers win, um, then they, they at least share the championship. They at least share the championship. But I think more importantly, they will move on to the celebration bowl. Uh, so you got a lot of different scenarios. And while we're here, I mean, let's just, let's just roll through the scenarios. So if Florida A&M wins and it doesn't matter what A&T does, um, that means Florida A&M and is going to at least share the MEAC title, at least share. Of course, if A&T wins, then Florida A&M and um, A&T would share the MEAC crown but because of the head-to-head matchup with Florida A&M defeating North Carolina A&T that means the Rattlers would be the representative in the Celebration Bowl and I mean I you know I, I mean it's I mean it's 95% chance if not more that A&T would make it to the FCS playoffs if a, if Florida A&M loses that football game and A&T wins their game against North Carolina Central then North then A&T wins the MEAC outright with only one loss and goes on to represent the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl. Now, let's look at some of the other scenarios. You got some other scenarios here. If Florida A&M and A&T lose, okay, that means if Florida A&M loses, that means they would have lost to Bethune-Cookman. Then that means that Bethune-Cookman, A&T, and Florida A&M would all share the crown, at least those three, because you still have have South Carolina State that's hanging in the balance that still has an opportunity to compete. They only have two losses, but we wouldn't know the outcome of South Carolina State until um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving when they have a football game. But at the end of the day, just know that if A&T loses, if Bethune-Cookman beats Florida A&M, then Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman, and A&T share the crown with South Carolina State yet to be determined. But even in that scenario, A&T would still represent the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl. Why? Because A&T has three wins against three Division I wins, that is, against non-conference opponents. So the Aggies would go on to represent the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl. Hope you got all of that so Bethune Cookman so that means North Carolina Central has been now knocked off they are out of contention for the MEAC crown but again a big game on Saturday taking place in Durham between A&T and North Carolina Central the Eagles would like nothing more than to knock the Aggies 
out, like nothing more than to knock the Aggies out to finish their season strong. Um, also, as a matter of fact, they still have one more game remaining, but they'd like to at least be able to win that game. It is a huge rivalry between the Aggies and the Eagles. So, hope you got all of that. Speaking of such, uh, and in terms of the MEAC, Florida A&M now has lost two straight football games. They lost, you know, you're going back a couple of weeks ago with Florida A&M's loss um, to Howard. Then their loss to South Carolina State this past weekend. Now, let's be clear. I know it's been a lot of confusion out there. I think it's been cleared up by now, but let's clear up the confusion right now. The game with Florida A&M and South Carolina State that was played this past Saturday was a non-conference game, a non-conference game. MEAC schools are still feeling the effects of Hampton leaving the conference. So at this point late in the season, still playing non-conference games with conference opponents. So it's a non-conference game. So again, Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman is a very important game on Saturday. Um and 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 listen, Bethune Cookman, it wasn't pretty, but they got it done. You know, Florida A and M is not playing well. They haven't played well since they defeated uh, North Carolina A and T. So we're going to have to see how those that game certainly plays out. Let's move on to the SWAT. Grambling defeated Alabama A and M twenty nine to sixteen. That also was a non-conference game. So, again, as I mentioned, Grambling still in the running for the SWAC's Western Division along with Southern. Those are the only two teams that are in the running. Alabama A&M, again, still in the running for the Eastern Division crown. Now, Connell Maynard was a guest on From the Press Box to Press Road this past weekend. And, again, we're going to if – if, if that show is not uploaded to the website by the time you hear this podcast, it will be uploaded in the coming days. I invite you to download the From the Press Box to Press Road podcast, which was our full show from this past weekend. But Alabama A&M is still in the hunt for the Eastern Division crown. The one thing about the Bulldogs, because of some uh, – they're, they're ineligible, and it, it wasn't because of APR – I talked about that with Coach Maynard. Um, he indicated it, it wasn't an APR issue. You can go and listen to uh, the reasoning why Alabama A&M is not eligible for the Celebration Bowl, but they're still eligible, eligible to, be, um, to be Eastern Division uh, champions. So they're still in the hunt um, for that Eastern Division crown. I want to continue to, um, as a matter of fact, stay in the SWAC, Jackson State, Defeated Alabama State 20-2. That's a surprising victory. Again, you know, I'm going to stand behind what I said about Jackson State and the firing of its head football coaches and why the program is where it is now in terms of the coaches. I'm standing behind that, but I will say that Jackson State, since the firing of Tony Hughes, has won two football games in a row and is still in contention for the SWAC's Eastern Division crown, still in contention. Big game against Alcorn State on Saturday. Alcorn State is coming off of uh, a bye week, as a matter of fact. So you have Alabama A&M, Jackson State, and Alcorn State in contention. But, again, Alabama A&M is ineligible for postseason play. So winner takes all between Jackson State and Alcorn State. That game going to be taking place on Saturday in Lorman. So that catches you up. With the MEAC and the SWAC, I mean, Southern defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff 56-24. to But, again, as I mentioned, you know, you have a situation where Southern and Grambling 
for that Western Division crown. Let's go back to the CIAA. Bowie State, again, 30-10. to 10. The CIAA championship victory over Fayetteville State. It was the second year in a row that Fayetteville State was in the championship game. Bowie State had just been knocking on the door last four or five years. Knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, finally kicked the door open. Remember, it's a Bowie State team that did not play in the CIAA championship game last year but did host a first-round Division II playoff game. Well, they win the championship, and they get to host a first-round Division II playoff game. Amir Hall four t- accounted for all four touchdowns. In the football game for Bowie State, he had 318 yards of total offense, three rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. He had one interception in the game. And you could see the philosophy of Bowie State. It wasn't about Amir Hall passing the football, which he's been very good at. It was about using his legs, which he's also pretty good at. Probably, I mean, I'm not going to say he's underrated. He's, you know, as a guy that's rushed for 400 or more yards. Uh, in three seasons, at least 400 yards in three seasons. So the game plan, I would, you know, again, looking from afar was for Amir Hall to run the football a little bit more. You got to also get Fayetteville State's defense a little bit of credit. They're much better defensively under Richard Hayes than they had been in the past. And so that may have had something to do with it as well. But Amir Hall was spectacular. As a matter of fact, in this game, he became the CIAA's all-time leading passer. And for that, he was named the Box to Row National Player of the week, one of the Box to Row National Players of the Week, and you can log on to our website to, at BoxToRow.com to read more about Amir Hall. 99 touchdowns in his career. We've broken down all of the numbers. And by the way, he's passed for in excess of 10,000 yards. He's done that in 36 games. He's passed for 99 touchdowns. He's done that in 36 games. Um, he is absolutely spectacular. Let's move on to the SIAC. Miles defeated Albany State 50-23, to and Because Albany State did not win that football game, not only did they lose the SIAC championship, they lost an opportunity to participate in postseason play. It was no way in the world that the committee, I think, would have kept Albany State out of the playoffs. Their first three games were extremely difficult games, very tough. Had they lost their la- uh, won their last eight, including the SIAC championship, they would have been in, I think, in the Division II playoffs. So really in the Division II playoffs, only one team making it to the Division II playoffs from HBCUs, and that's Bowie State. But congratulations to Miles. It seems like they win this thing every other year. In eight years as the head football coach at Miles, Reginald Ruffin has won three SIAC championships and has participated in four of them. That is uh, pretty, pretty big time uh, for Miles. So uh, the Miles uh, Golden Bears definitely, definitely getting it done. Also, shots out to Langston. Langston defeated Panhandle State 33-9. Langston now 9-1 on the season. And the other thing for Langston, they are now um, in the box-to-row media poll. They're number nine right now in the box-to-row media poll. So congratulations to Langston, who continues to roll. We'll have to see if they're going to be able to make the NAIA. I, I mean, I'm sure they will make the NAIA, NAIA playoffs once again. Remember, they also hosted a home game on last year. A surprising loss. Um, Howard has been knocked from the ranks of participating in uh, for that MEAC championship, losing to Norfolk State. 29 to 17, a surprising loss. So now Howard, I mentioned North Carolina Central's out. Howard is now out. 
And some may look in the MEAC and look at parity. I look at it more as inconsistency, more than it is parity in the MEAC this year. If you look at the MEAC, I mean, you got A&T and Florida A&M that have winning records. Bethune-Cookman has a 500 record, and then everybody else has losing records in the MEAC. It's more a, 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 a situation to me of inconsistency in the MEAC than uh, parity. Uh, and that, uh, but again, you know, people may see it differently, but that is my opinion. And then congratulations to West Virginia State, a 45 to 25 victory over West Virginia Wesleyan. And for West Virginia State, they guarantee themselves a winning season. Now, I don't have it in front of me when the last time that um, uh, that um, West Virginia State had a winning season. But, um, the you know, if I, I'd have to go back probably to 2000. If my memory serves me correctly, it would have been like 2007 or 2008 for the Yellow Jackets, the last time that the Yellow Jackets had a winning season. So congratulations to West Virginia State getting it done, turning that foot. That football program has been turned around and um, doing some really big things um, there uh, at West Virginia State. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, uh, stay on our website if you're already there or log back onto our website at BoxToRow.com. Got a great weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row that can be heard on a radio station near you. All you have to do is log onto our website, BoxToRow.com, and click on the affiliates link to find a radio station in your area that carries the program. Uh, or you can listen on Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern. That's 8 a.m. Central Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Sirius XM Channel 142. Have a great day! Not the last of my time.